Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 10 and my guest today is the Reverend Dr. Viviana Coyazzo. She is many things. She is a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, a yoga teacher trainer, and a Uh, just so many things. I don't even know where to start. And this episode is longer than usual. And I want to apologize in advance because I I know the audio is not ideal. We did have some technical difficulties, but I didn't want to not publish it because it is full of gems for you and for me. So just bear with it, tweak your volume as you need to, and you'll be able to get what you need to from this episode. Um, We cover so many different topics that I don't even know which to share in the intro, but I will say that Viviana does work in a lot of what me feels like a magical realm. So things, you know, relating to the quantum field and Reiki and things like that. Um, But what I've always loved about working with her is that she makes it real life applicable. So she gives you the tools and the ways to take some things that feel completely ineffable and bring them back down to earth and give you the tools to use them in your everyday life. Um, In particular, we get into a few things about like post-pandemic life and how to manage the mental, gosh, what could we call it? Scatteredness since we were all grounded and then everything became virtual. Um, So we get into things like that, like how to actually do a teacher training over Zoom and details like that. So Anyways, let's go ahead and dive in. I won't keep you from her any longer, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Body, Mind, Spirit Service Podcast Show. I'm your host, Shay Knight. I'm a yoga teacher, a teacher trainer, a massage therapist, and a wellness entrepreneur coach. And I've been in this industry for over 15 years. So believe me when I tell you, I know that you feel called to serve others with your work. And I also know that sometimes you scream in a pillow, run out of money, feel isolated, and question your career choices. <laughs> Listen, we all do it. So on this show, we're talking about it with our colleagues. We're talking about money, marketing, work-life balance, burnout, side hustling, full-time hustling, and what it takes to keep going, or sometimes to not keep going. Each recording is dedicated to you. Wherever and whenever you tune in, I hope you gain a little something to help you on your way. So... Before we begin, I invite you to take a deep breath, get centered, maybe make a cup of tea, and be present while you listen. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you enjoy. I just can't say enough for how much love that I have for Viviana. I'm so honored that she agreed to do this and be a guest on the show. She's one of my very first teachers when, Ooh, I want to say it was 15 years ago. Um, for my, I did a prenatal yoga teacher training with you and I train with her every time I have the opportunity and see her for Reiki myself and just seek her guidance out often. And I, I so value your work and, your time here. Can you just tell our listeners a bit about your journey and your career and what led you to this day? Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, I have been classes, retreats and workshops uh, on Hatha Yoga, meditation, Eastern philosophy, subjects of uh, Ayurveda, uh, metaphysics and also trainings and all, on in Reiki and other energy balancing methods. It's been for over 23 years, and uh, I started in Puerto Rico, and I've been here in Central Florida now for 19 years. Uh, so I've been uh, dedicated to the holistic field in Central Florida, uh, also you know nationally and internationally as also uh, in conducting training as eight. And also some of the trainings online uh, have reached, uh, you know, out of the country as well. So, but I've been, you know, serving as a spiritual counselor, meditation facilitator, as a yoga teacher, energy balancing practitioner. And in 2009, I um, became a yoga master, got that yoga master degree uh, through Yoga Alliance. And I'm an ordained minister since 2006. Um, in 2012, I received a doctorate degree in divinity and comparative uh, religious studies, metaphysical studies with Alliance of Divine Love International Ministries and Interfaith Ministry. 
and I'm currently a founder and director of the Luminous Holistic Center, uh, which I have utilized that platform to conduct yoga, meditation, teacher programs, and certifications also as well in the energy balancing trainings. Uh, so um, I have, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, I have done various out-of-state retreats uh, and, and conducting classes from Kripalu Center, Massachusetts, and Yoga View in Virginia. And uh, apart also from, from that in my personal life, apart from practicing yoga meditation, uh, then I love to spend time with my family. I love to travel and I love to read. I'm a bookworm. And of course, I like to cultivate a playful approach to life by painting and singing. Uh, so I think that pretty much, uh, you know, you know, reviews everything. <laughs> yeah, just in a nutshell. <laughs> and thank you again. Thank you for having me, Chef. It's, uh, yeah, it is really, you know, I'm honored. I'm honored. So I had a couple things on my list that I wanted to just invite you to share with our listeners about. Um, and I think the one I want to start with is so, just could not be more relevant about, you know, regarding imbalances that people that we're seeing, you know, post pandemic and how, this is impacting our students and our clients, and then also ourselves as we attempt to serve them. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're seeing and experiencing? Yeah, well, I think I'll start, uh, I think I'll start with myself, you know, how all this for sure has changed so much, you know, uh, in the way I've had to conduct classes and uh, sessions. Uh, you know, when pandemic hit, um, I felt for a while like I was really ungrounded, really. Like, like kind of like when they take a rock from under your feet and you're like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? And right away, started having this, uh, like, uh, kind of when you're like half asleep, half awake, uh, you know, dream state ideas. And it was about like, hey, just start teaching online it is okay more than ever your students are going to need you and and in my mind it's like oh yeah yeah because i do not necessarily see me at all uh online or in this type of formats and but there was something in me where there was something like i i knew i had to do it and i kept hearing that voice saying you have to you have to do it so i started pretty quickly moving into that just uh, you know, it, it really happened fast. I had actually a student of mine that say, hey, yeah, you're going to be in the uh, online classes. I have this month I'm used and I think it will be perfect for your classes. Do you want to use it? I'm like, yeah, okay. So even equipment wise, all of a sudden everything came together and I started conducting, you know, meditation classes and some of the, you know, counseling uh, more than ever is when I realized that uh, Reiki, distant Reiki sessions of energy work at a distance, uh, you know, was going to be, you know, basically almost on a daily basis, you know. So, and that it works, you know, I always trust it. I always knew it worked, but, but it was just amazing the kind of thing that I was able to, uh, to be able to do for other people, you know. So, uh, so that's how it all started. And Eventually, when I came back to teach yoga classes in person, uh, just like a lot of people, I was very hesitant, uh, you know, and, and how to do that and keep myself safe. Keep, uh, also, my, my students, I work with a lot of uh, pregnant women also. So I was very concerned that and also keeping my, my family safe. Uh, but I did transition quite quickly to to teach uh you know in, in person just taking the necessary measures you know for safety uh and eventually again you know coming back to the table here in this room uh and that was not necessarily very comfortable having to do all my um energy balancing sessions with a mask <laughs> so i would say you know but then now even even eventually also um um some of the people start reaching out like hey about how about your yoga teacher training because I was about to start a yoga teacher training and a meditation teacher training uh, in person before pandemic. And then I kind of, everything was left there in the air. Uh, so I, I, the unthinkable 
for me was that I was going to end up teaching both uh, 130 hour meditation teacher training online and then also uh, as well a yoga teacher training. So, and it was possible, you know, I think that uh, thank God that really Yoga Alliance moved really quickly in allowing, you know, the, you know, people that already were um, teaching, you know, doing the teacher training to be able to transition onto that. And, and so it was possible, you know, and it was, it was challenging. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it really taught me a lot, and, but it made me a better teacher, I, I feel, because it, it just, I just realized that I had to come up with uh, new ways, uh, more visual. Uh, I had to kind of like make me research more material, better material, uh, and make it very visual. Uh, and we really even transcend uh, ways that, that perhaps you and I learned, in, you know, when we took our original uh, teacher trainings and, and then how to make it uh, different, you know, and, and more appealing uh, for, for doing it online. So that was very, very interesting. Uh, and, and also till this day, I still teach my online classes uh, because some people then transition, they move to out of state or, uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, have autoimmune system conditions that still do not feel comfortable going anywhere to take a class in a group. So I have that state with those classes and, and also yoga teacher training that that I'm currently uh, facilitating is it's a it's a hybrid course, you know, it's in person and online because I have people out of out of state. So yeah, so I think that on my end is is just been a very challenging and crazy <laughs> uh, journey, but, but again, it's made me uh, a better teacher. Uh, I feel because I I just felt that I needed to diversify in the way I was I was teaching. Uh, you know, in general. Um, so another part I feel that was very um, that was very significant was my own interior journey as a person, uh, because you know I'm a mother of two teenagers, and that that of course I whole experience transformed everything. All of a sudden, we were my husband and my two children, and me all working from home. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that, that was really, you know, a, a journey, uh, a spiritual journey in, in motherhood and, and as a spouse and just you know, sharing a household <laughs> where everything happened here at home. <laughs> um, now, so coming back to, to the students, uh, that also has been quite a, um, you know, an interesting journey when I came back, uh, to teach in person. And I started uh, reuniting again with people that were students, you know, of mine before pandemic. Some some people I started seeing quite quickly, uh, a few months. But some people it is even already two more than two years, and now is when they are returning. And I have seen people's bodies changing so much. I've seen uh, yoga practice and meditation practices changing so much. Uh, you know, people. Uh, Physically, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, changes, uh, injuries, and heartache. And but at the same time, I have seen people transcending so much, more laid back. You know, kind of like, whew, like that was tough. And if we went through that and overcame that, I can overcome anything. <laughs> um, so I think uh, you know when I talk about body changes, for example. Is, is like I, it was impressive to see people that have such a regular yoga practice and and I you know you as a teacher you know say how kind of like you kind of get to know these people you know how their downward dog is or how they do these positions and then all of a sudden coming back with such uh you know stress in their bodies that they couldn't even reach down and touch their toes with their hands and and so much stress uh people that came back with uh, for example, uh, hips, hip surgeries or uh, knee replacements, uh, things like that, right? That I found very, uh, you know, interesting in, in, in to, you know, finding such a great amount. It was like really uh, increase on that. 
Um, but at the same time, everybody very thankful. Thankful for coming, be able to come back to the yoga practice in person. And, and just, I, just, I just try as best as you can to say, hey, it's okay. And today is the first day of the rest of your practice. You know, you just, you know, you might don't, don't, don't feel like this is like really riding a bike and, and that's okay. You will just, you know, shift again, uh, towards, you know, way of practicing that will be a hundred percent conducive to, to, to your, you know, to your lifestyle and to your practice, you know, so evolving. That, that's what yoga is about, right? You know, just evolving. And I let them know. I say, hey, listen, I'm 51 now. My yoga practice is not the same one that when I was in my 20s that I started yoga. My yoga practice is not the same one in my 30s. It's not the same one in my 40s after my babies. So we have to go along with these changes anyhow. And that's the amazing thing about the yoga, uh, yoga practice. So any of this connects with yourself, and then you just kind of change and evolve with the practice, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I noticed the same thing even in my own practice. Like I definitely noticed it with clients, but in my own practice, there was something about the pandemic that was like, let's all just stop. Like every we're stopping everything. We're not in grocery stores. We're not in restaurants. We're not. Everything was so upside down that like. I'm sure there are some yogis who were just consistent and kept practicing, but for me, it was just like, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. And yeah, having everyone home, kids and dogs crawling all over you, like it, it changed the, the logistics of like actually getting your practice in. And then at some point it was exactly like you said, like, all right, well, it might look different, but we've got to keep practicing. It's time to get back on and it's, it's fine that it's different. And it just, the world is never going to be the way it was before that pandemic. So here we go. Yeah. Day one for this practice. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, at some point I even felt I, I was kind of relieved because I realized that I was doing a lot, trying to run teacher trainings and classes. And, you know, my son was going first year uh, in college in New York and, there was a lot of things going on also in my family and and also it actually gave us the opportunity to just stop and just kind of really start uh, weeding out the things that are not necessary. It makes us, you know, sit down at the table all together uh, and and it was at home. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me, you know, really just feel that I could cook different things, different days because people were starting to get bored. <laughs> And, and but you know that it was it was just that it was the, I, I honestly look back uh, at that time and even though it came from from a space of, of you know very harsh you know things going on in, globally but I but I feel blessed that it brought other things other perspectives uh, into into my my family and and myself and and honestly I was almost relieved like so I don't have to teach a class so I, I don't have to do this, so I don't have to do that. So, so I it actually um, I was grateful for that, and it made me rest for a while. It really it, it recharged me. Uh, I feel, yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I I resonate with that a lot too. It was like, you know, with yoga and meditation, we're always talking about like the importance of going within and getting still and being quiet. And I feel like. As awful as the pandemic was in many ways, it did provide us that. Everybody had to go home, go within. Maybe you could busy yourself with distractions, but at some point, I feel like everyone did take a look and kind of take inventory of what is working in my life and what is not, and you know, what might some adjustments be going forward, which yeah. is good. Yeah, and it also made me also, like, I felt... Uh, when as soon as we started like you know coming back more I really make an oath to myself that I did not want to go back to the craziness of that and I was curious for your teacher training are you now incorporating 
how to teach on Zoom and how to teach online? Like, is that part of the teacher training now? So, indirectly, it, I think that it became that way uh, because, and I was very honest with my students. I mean, I said, hey, listen, I am using you as a guinea pig. I have never done this before. So we are all learning together. Uh, I did have one person that was, you know, uh, more of, uh, you know, technology oriented and will give me tips. And, and that was very comforting. Uh, and for the, the teacher training that I'm running right now, I actually have two tech people. And it's wonderful because they, you know, if there is anything coming up, they, they can help me. But indirectly, uh, it became that because, for example, for teach um, for practice teaching, I will, uh, you know, divide people in the in the break rooms, right? When you kind of like divide people in different uh, groups, and and they really have to kind of they will send a video of how actually they taught, mm -hmm. right, to the whomever person or persons they were teaching to. And and throughout the training, we sometimes discuss things like that. But I think it was as much as they were the guinea pigs, I was their guinea pig too because they could see how it is to to conduct training uh, online. For for example, when you share the screen, sharing the type of material, uh, I have to prepare a lot of uh, like I mentioned, like visuals and and presentations and, and things like that. The handouts, you know, just think about that, you know, the binder is not like first day of the you hand the person your binder. No, I have to tell them, hey, buy a white binder. I, I think that you should buy this many tabs. And I even prepare a document on, you know, uh, the division of the tabs so they could do it themselves. And so they were definitely going to be more in charge of uh, the management of of that binder to, to keep in order with all the subjects that we're going to be covering during the training. Uh, and then the handouts, you know, uh, definitely more handouts uh, to be given. And I would say the challenging part about all that was things like, you know, like, you know, these of course disconnected. Some people had, um, you know, not very strong Wi-Fi capacity at their homes, and they became, of course, very frustrated because they get, you know, kept, you know, losing contact. So, um, so, and and I'm telling you, it was that I would say that that was the part for me that it was so disruptive to teach. It's not like you start teaching and it goes in a continuous flow, but all of a sudden. You know, you have, wait a minute, so-and-so left us, and I don't want that person to miss that part. So I, I did rely a lot of, also on the recording of, of my son, that way people can go back and listen to them, or, we, we, you, know, uh, you know, just watch it later. Man, so then yeah. you're going through the training twice. That is a lot of work and dedication, and I applaud you for not letting technology hold you back, because that is a lot to learn on top of preparing the whole thing yes. and holding space yeah. for the whole thing yeah. and actually getting these teachers ready to teach, you have to also become a tech wizard. <laughs> that's, that's the modern, yes. that's the modern way. Yeah. Okay. So there yes. was one I, other. I, until this day, yeah, until this day, I don't think I'm a hundred, you know, I'm still learning, but, and it's been already more than two years, but yeah. Same. I mean, part of what I, when I started this project with the podcast is like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm literally taking a course to teach me how to do this so that I can offer it to our community. And I stumble a lot. It's, it won't be perfect. It won't be perfectly edited, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just doing it because I feel like it's important for everyone in the field to just remember, especially with social media and everything that nobody knows what they're doing at first. You have to learn and it's okay to make mistakes and have your Wi-Fi cut off and have your frame freeze and all of that like you're not going to get through this teaching or energy healing work without some hiccups you, you know like there's there's not going to be like you took your certification and now you're perfect effortlessly and all of your platforms are gorgeous and it was easy like that's not that's not the truth about the work that goes into what looks so pretty on social media you know so 
Yeah. I, I'm yeah. here for all the mistakes. Like I'm, I'm going to try once I start editing these to not edit them very much because I think that's fair to just show like, this is how things really are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that also it's about, you know, like cultivating really like that flexibility of how things, it's just kind of meeting people halfway where they are uh, because, uh, you know, like, for example, do you remember ever taking a t-shirt training where we will have your phone with you? Never. I mean, Never. remember taking teacher training, you will turn off your phone, you will put it in a, you know, in a copy out there. And, uh, but, you know, nowadays people even use their phones to take notes or all of a sudden I, you know, even with, you know, since we started doing online, I will say, hey, by the way, I'm going to send you this extra material or this extra, you know, uh, handouts. And I will go on the spot. I will go do, 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 send it. Okay, did you guys receive it? Okay, just open it up. So, so you know, it, I, even though I tend to be quite traditionalist for certain things, I have to really just be very patient and open myself. Uh, and, 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 you know, the interesting thing was also, for example, when I did like when I did my uh, open house where I would just kind of state the kind of responsibilities that the students will have in teacher training or, uh, you know, the kind of what to expect. I even have to add in the rules to be respectful, for example, when it comes to phones, because, you know, when you have in person, people most likely will not be looking at their phones. But when they are home, you don't know what they are doing. And I, I did notice that, of course, oftentimes, generationally wise, you see some differences there, like some of the younger people, uh, they don't find it rude at all not to necessarily look at you in the eyes and at the same time be like, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, different generation, we will be like, so disrespectful, you know, or uh, even, you know, <clears throat> going back to your question about, uh, you know, for example, about uh, teaching them how to do Zoom classes, uh, there were certain things that maybe for you and I will be very uh, obvious you know even but I had to kind of spell it out like for example hey make sure that you position your camera in a place where you know it's just like a clean background or whatever you know like I remember teaching a class and all of a sudden I have uh this person's uh you know I don't know significant partner coming out of the bathroom just in a towel walking right behind the person you know things like that you know and and they're just like hey you have to be watchful <laughs> when you're putting your camera <laughs> that's you know, funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did get a kick out of that when everyone was switching to zoom meetings at the beginning of the pandemic and you would see like all these zoom snafus they, those were funny those, it's like you got to find a way to make this funny because it is <laughs> i wanted to touch on another like major part of your work being the energy work and just if you'd like to share with our listeners a little bit about that yeah so uh energy work uh through different modalities i started with one that is called uh magnified healing and in fact that was back in puerto rico more than 25 years ago and then eventually i went to other uh modalities like reiki or emf balancing and those are the ones that I conduct the most right now. And um, what can I say? You know, it's just, you know, any time in the past where I said, oh, maybe I should kind of teach more yoga classes and maybe not much that type of work. You know, it's like you never say, oh, no. And every time that I say, hey, maybe I should teach less yoga classes and then just dedicate my time to the, you know, to the table or the counseling part then the universe say oh no and then just kind of brings other opportunities that i'm like oh i don't know what to do so uh, uh but then you know i, I realized through the years that finding a balance between the two is is my perfect balance like i feel it's, it's the perfect balance for me um so i i i feel um you know i enjoy so much you know being able to facilitate especially you know particular reiki 
is very dear to me, and I hope it's, it's, it's really gone to mainstream as well. Uh, we even across the country, we have hospitals that they have a Reiki room. Nowadays, completely complementary to, uh, you know, for from cancer patients to, uh, you know, pain management clinics and. So it just I just found that it's a great it has been an amazing format to, uh, to you know as a bridge and, and you know create that bridge and that com complement uh with the medical field, uh as much as as somebody that is you know that is seeking, you know more on the spiritual path not only for the for because the person has a physical ail ailment but because the person is you know is seeking. Uh, and, and and of course, I love the part of uh, teaching teachers or teaching people on how to do it themselves. Uh, that to me is one of the greatest joys because um, I mean it's not like I treat up some, somebody. I'm like, okay, I don't want to see you ever again. No, on the contrary, you know, I'm here for as long as as I'm, I'm you know I, I need to be here for you. That's perfectly fine. But what I enjoy the most is when people assume responsibility for their own spiritual path and their own self and, and to help them to feel empowered. So if that comes, for example, sessions, you know, in, in Reiki, and then that's that's fantastic, you know, because then they that's exactly what I find it so beneficial when they can just assume responsibility for their own their own path. I would say that it has changed a lot. You know, before I would say that Reiki sessions were more for just I don't know, maybe people that were already in the yoga path or, you know, maybe the hippies, you know. <laughs> uh but no, you know, through the years I have treated, you know, from doctors and nurses, doctors and and people also of all religions, which is by the way one of my greatest passions you know i'm an interfaith minister and and so i love working with with you know within the you know within that frame of many different religions so nowadays i've, I've, I've you know i've had the, the honor to to not only conduct Reiki sessions or any work sessions but also uh facilitate attunements you know train people from uh, from Muslims to Mormons to, uh, you know, you know, Jewish in the Jewish community, uh, different religions, so many many different religions, you know, because Reiki is not about religion. No? So uh, that that is, you know, my my greatest greatest joy, and I like working really with, you know, I, I think I do uh, attract more a lot of women that that are wanting the sessions. Uh, uh, but through the the past few years, also I think it's maybe the path I am have been a mother of teenagers. I've been having, um, you know, uh, several teenagers uh, coming coming my way uh, as well, and and and, and I, I honestly feel that wow, they they just need so much. They need teenagers nowadays, Shay. They just need so much help so much of children and teenagers and it's just really um a part of of my work that i never thought i would be doing so and you know when it became very clear that i had to i don't know if you know um uh, julie losk is a great um you know dear friend of mine and mentor and she's the one that i've gone to have for the uh retreats and especially in yoga nidra in Kripalu and Yogaville. So she's written different books. So she recently had uh, uh, wrote a, um, a book that is about 24 scripts uh, in, for Yoga Nidra. And I know I'm going kind of off topic here, but oh, I don't cool. forget to tell you about it. Yeah. So she, uh, I wonder where I got the book, where, where I put it. I lent it to somebody. Uh, she'll have a couple of copies. Here it is. So this is this is the book, Yoga Nidra Meditations, and is uh, 24 scripts for true relaxation. And so during pandemic, she asked me, "Hey, Viviana, I want you. I'm collecting uh, Yoga Nidra uh, facilitators from actually around the world, and I want you to be 
one of them that writes a script. So I want you to write two scripts. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote one for prenatal, for, for pregnant women. And then I wrote one for for teenagers. And and I, you know, I honestly thought that the publisher was going to go more for the teacher train, uh, for the uh, prenatal one. I don't know, maybe because if that's what I've done for so many years. And actually, they ended up picking the one for teenagers. So, um, so yeah, there is a script there. Um, I collaborated. <clears throat> there is Yoga Nidra Conquer Stress for Teen Empowerment. So it's uh, uh, page 101 that script that I wrote for, for teenagers, and I put it to, to test. I kind of used my own son, and I used uh, several people, you know, uh, you know, that I know that have teenagers and and he has had great, great, great um, results. And then she, of course, had me collaborating about tips for doing practicing yoga nidra for pregnant women throughout the book. But that was an interesting also literary project of mine uh, during pandemic. <laughs> That's so <laughs> and beautiful. The, the, the book, yeah, the book was published uh, in, I think it's been already a year or so. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm definitely gonna check that out. That's so cool. I'm I'm like, my heart is thumping over here because I can't remember if I told you this or not, but um, I I'm a new stepmom to two teenage girls. They're 17 and 15, and so oh, my, my mind, goodness. right? Thank you. <laughs> my my mind is just constantly blown by what I do not know, and then sometimes to my surprise, what I am equipped to hold space for them for like I mean I thought toddlers were tough but dang teenagers and teenage girls and teenage stepdaughters like it they they're teaching me so much I hope to god I'm teaching them anything at all but it's not easy it's super hard so I'm absolutely going to buy that book after this call <laughs> and just sit with it because yeah. I can see the need so much. Like I don't interact with a lot of teens. There's only a few others who I know besides them. And that's just not my forte. You know, I'm better with adults, um, even versus little kids. Yeah, I'm just better with adults. So when I try to engage with them and try to like get on their level, I'm just so lost because, well, for one, it's obviously different than when we were teens, but it's like, it, it, it blows my mind because it's like I was a teenage girl once like how is it so hard for me to remember and and get in that space but I it's I'm totally in awe of the teachers who are able to connect with teenagers and um and super grateful to anyone who can help them because it is a tumultuous time so for sure I'm checking that out that's so cool it is I mean it it is honestly um I mean I cannot say at all that I'm expert in any way whatsoever, except having, you know, my son is 19 and my daughter is 14. Uh, so I completely get it about girls, teenagers. And <laughs> it is really, you know, what they're experiencing, uh, you know, both gender. I mean, it's just, it's just really, really uh, very different, you know, from the, the social media and what they experience at school and, uh, you know, the pandemic, like my son, for example, he, um, you know, he finished his two last years online and his first freshman year, uh, he, he's in, you know, he went to New York, Fordham University in New York. And, uh, and I'm glad that actually the school opened, that it was not going to be an online thing. He wanted that experience, you know, an in-person experience and he did, but it was, as you can imagine, very challenging. Um, so I, I, and, and, you know, we, all the things that you see nowadays, how, you know, the depression and, and, uh, what teenagers are experiencing nowadays, and it, and it might not necessarily be something that they are experiencing themselves, but they see it so close happening to a, to a friend or somebody they know. So, yeah, it's, it's very, uh, very showing you. So one thing that I have. Uh, notice is uh, with this working in, for example, in something like Joranidra is that, you know, there are some, you know, recordings out there online and that has helped my son, for example, tremendously, you know, uh, New York is not an easy city and being a freshman, <laughs> it was not. So being in New York, 
uh, by himself as a freshman. He one day he called me and you know he said, "Hey, mommy, what was that thing again that we used to do?" You know, and I said, "Oh, you mean yoga nidra?" I was like, "Hey, I need that." And he himself started. Uh, you know, just I sent him a couple of my own recordings, and then he explored others and. And within a couple of weeks, he's like, "Mommy, this is what I, I just. This is what's helping me." Oh, I love that. Day. So, so you know, so uh, and I think that what happens with teenagers too is like, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure that you've done something with your, you know, with your own, you know, with your own that that you have kind of, uh, you know, taught, um, you know, yoga meditation techniques. But sometimes when they reach teenagerhood, they just they just they just don't want it too much, you know, or at all, you know. And what I realized is that hopefully they kind of come back full circle. And that's what happened with my 19-year-old son, that he just kind of like went back to it. And now he's kind of like really wanting to do all that. But I'm glad I didn't push it. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't like you know, try to, you know, just kind of like uh, let it speak for itself eventually. I say, try to, to find your own peace, you know, uh, according to wherever there are circumstances, you know. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I'm so inspired by that kind of work. And I think there's clearly a need for it because it's just like parenting is hard enough. But if you're a spiritual aspirant of any kind or a teacher of any kind, like it's so hard not to just fire hose them with tools because I'm like, you can feel better. It's highly possible for you to feel better. It's likely due to your prefrontal cortex and your hormones. We can deal with this, you know, but like they don't want anything to do with it. So I'm like, okay, how do people get to teenagers? How do they get in? So that's, I definitely have some research to do. That's yes, exciting. yeah. And then again, you know, it is, you know, I, I feel many times, honestly, I prefer to change diapers. Like, honestly, people, they were like, really? Are you crazy? I'm like, no, I'd rather change diapers than going through this stage. And I had sort of colleagues that are like, oh, no, teenage, you know, like, I don't want to change diapers. Just bring the teenagers. I'm like, no. But, uh, you know, I, I think that we just have to kind of really trust um, all this ancient, uh, the ancient wisdom of yoga and meditation and or, you know, uh, any of those holistic techniques, just trust the, the process. And, and eventually, I think it just kind of comes full circle. So even my daughter, she's 14. She's at that stage that she's like, like she doesn't want anything to do with it. But maybe because she sees her brother, like he's having good results for him. And sometimes she just kind of like asks me a little question here and there. And I try not to overdo it. I try not to go like, oh, yeah, come here. I'm going to tell you all about it. Because then I know that she would just like, whoa, you know, I just kind of tell her a little bit and then just kind of like, just let it kind of plant in the seed, you know, and then just, yeah, let them all it and you know, bring some light on it. <laughs> it. Gives me such empathy for my own parents and all parents everywhere. I'm like, man, it's not easy. But also, you know, for listeners, I feel like this is a really important point for practitioners um, to understand that you don't have to serve everyone. Like I know that at least at this point in my life, teenagers are not, they're not my forte. I of course want nothing but the best for them. And I would love to teach them if they would listen to me, but we just, we don't, I don't just mean my stepdaughters not to pick on them, but uh, all teens, like I just don't, I don't instantly vibe with them. Um, I remember I had the same experience with kids yoga right after I learned, you know, right after my 200 TT, I did a kids yoga TT and I wanted to like it because I'm like, how do you not like kids? <laughs> I just, I like kids. I just, I don't like teaching kids yoga. It's not for me. Even with prenatal, I only kind of did well with that while I was pregnant myself. So I, I think it's important as a practitioner to understand that you don't need to make yourself fit into a certain population that has needs because most populations have needs. Yes. And that if you vibe with a certain age group or, you know, kind of person that that might be who you're called to serve like that's a valid um what's the word I want like a resonance you know like there's a reason that it yeah. feels right with some people and that it feels like work with others 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I try to gauge things that way. I try not to close up myself to like, if somebody wants my services, I'm like, well, I don't work with kids. So I don't know. I just kind of, okay. I try to ask questions and honestly, really try to find my intuition. And if I feel it for any reason, uh, it's not my thing. I, I, I just, you know, try to find a colleague, you know, that, you know, I have, a, a you know, colleagues, friends of mine that are amazing at working, for example, with addiction, for example, like that's not at all, not my forte. I, I just never been. So I have somebody that is very good at that. And that's, you know, that's how we can support each other, you know, and, and just, you know, just send it to somebody that, that, that will be in good hands. Uh, but at the same time, you know, for example, uh, at some point I remember years ago, I didn't want to work with the elderly population. I was scared about it. I was like, oh, they are you know, fragile. If something happens, I don't want to be responsible. But it was so insistent. It was on a weekly basis. And I just kind of gave in a little bit into it. And I worked with the elderly population for about, I would say solidly for about two to three years. And then eventually, I felt like it's just like I did the job that I needed. I came from a space of non-resistance, but can simply start a transition into something else. And the same thing is, you know, what's happening, I think, with the teenagers, that I do not feel necessary that is something that I'm going to be doing for a long time, but I, I have the calling to do uh, right now uh, because it's quite persistent <laughs> uh, and 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 so um, yeah it's just you know but I agree with you you know it's important to always keep um, to always check our our motives why why are we doing what we're doing and and it doesn't mean that we cannot uh, open our arms and open our heart to a specific uh, population that maybe needs help uh, but again, be very truthful about it. And if you feel that it's not your calling or that there is somebody out there that is amazing, mm-hmm. then send it to that person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And especially yeah. as it, you know, we're all, yeah. we're all in the healing arts, but we're also mostly in some form of entrepreneurialism with this too. So it's like, as a business, it always, in my experience, benefits me when I refer people out always like for I feel like I have never done the math I've never tracked it but I I feel like I could say for every one person I've sent out I've had 10 people sent to me like it's just that non-attachment to your clientele and the opportunities and it's just you there's like there's the side of things where I feel like uh, when you're in this realm certain things will come to you or you'll have ideas or opportunities presented to you doors will open right and then it's like you want to follow that energy but at the same time you do have to do that check like I had something happen the other day where I had, I haven't taught in a yoga studio in years, three or four years, probably just been doing privates and, you know, other things. But, um, I, I was approached and offered a position to teach at, at Red Sun actually, which, you know, is my home studio. It's like, it was such oh, a special yeah. place to me. It just, it means the world to me. That was my very first yoga studio. Um, and so I was delighted and flattered and I was like, I want to make this work because it's Red Sun and I love Red Sun. That's my home studio from when I was a kid, you know, but it just wasn't a fit for like a few different reasons. And I was trying to like force it and I felt that force, you know, and I was like, okay, this is force. So it's not for me, which means someone else should be teaching there. And there's some other reason, whatever, whatever. And like the next day, another studio reached out and said they were looking for a teacher. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually available at that time and it's close to my house. And if you need the help for a little bit, I'll jump in and help you for a little bit. And it was just easy. You know, you just have to like, I had to do that check. Like, am I going to take this opportunity for the right reason or should I pass it on? You know, that I feel like that's something that as practitioners we have to do pretty often. Oh yeah. Contrast is good. You know, it was then we get that contrast and sometimes we do get opportunities that might sound amazing. Uh, but at the same time, they're just here to, to show you actually that there is something that you will be a better fit for. Uh, and, and and sometimes, you know, we want to help, and but we also have to sometimes learn how to say no. And, and, and so we just cannot delude our energy so, so easily like that. Mm-hmm. 
So I completely get it. Yeah. Okay, so I have one last question for you. One last question to wrap us up. Um, so I always have this image in my mind of people who are listening and like, it could be somebody in six months, but it also could be somebody in like 10 years. We don't know. It'll be on the internet, right? So to whomever is listening and needs to hear this, um, what advice, if any, do you have for someone who is coming into this field of like alternative health and wellness services, whether they're a yoga teacher, a body worker, a mentor, or whatever their specific path is, what would you offer somebody who's new to the field? <clears throat> well, I would say that um, working uh, with different people that want to do this kind of work, but feel like perhaps, okay, am I ready to release my food, my job to do this, you know, uh, continuously? Am I going to do it part-time? Am I going to do it uh, full-time? So that I, I do find that, that people that are, that are considering it, that's sometimes the kind of question they ask themselves and they, they have, you know, bills to pay and, sometimes but they have the huge calling to do it and i always say hey you know baby steps you know uh i feel that that i know that we i have been fortunate to be able to do this uh you know do my say on a full-time basis for a long time for more than 18 years uh and i feel fortunate that way it's not easy because financially, it's it's just you know it is very very challenging. You know that, Richie, right? You know that yes, <laughs> how challenging it is. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <clears throat> but I try always to you know to have them consider is that you can do the work, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing it. You know, there is a lot of people out there that do not need to quit their jobs. You know. They can be, and if they are able to find that balance and realize that their light work job they're doing is already at their bank, is already at their hotel, it is already as a school teacher, you know, like, and just the same way that for me it happened that I found my spiritual path doing this, but also in motherhood. There was a point in my life that I felt like here is Viviana trying to do all this, you know, spiritual stuff. And this is Viviana, the mother. And I was missing the point. I wasn't realizing that actually motherhood is my path. It was part of it and that everything could merge perfectly. So again, there is not a, you know, like a right or wrong formula here. I, but I do feel that there are some people that once they find like say, hey, actually do enjoy my job. Uh, but I want to still be able to, you know, facilitate Reiki sessions or be a yoga teacher or, or be a massage therapist or, you know, or, or learn more about acupuncture, uh, you know, then if they're able to merge that with work and at the same time have that tranquility of mind that they can still pay the bills and then who knows, maybe eventually they can transition to something on a full-time basis. Uh, but I, I do see, I do see, I have had clients actually quite recently saying, I'm sick and tired of my work. I cannot take it anymore. I would love to be able to be a full-time yoga teacher and just do that, but I can't. And they feel so conflicted and it brings so much doubt and, it, you know, just drains the energy because, you know, they, they just feel like they have to, you know, make a decision that will make them happy and how to, how to do that uh, so I would say hey baby steps you know maybe yes maybe you need to change jobs in which then you can on the side you know I did that for a long time you know back in Puerto Rico I was just kind of do it on the side and then eventually it happened to be of course that I have a amazing husband that has uh, supported me all these years uh, through up and downs in 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 this, you know, so it's, you know, so I, I will say that, you know, baby steps and, and that wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you are a lawyer or you're a school teacher or, or you know, you're a restaurant, whatever, whatever you do, you are a light worker 
and you can do your light work wherever you are and wherever you go. And then let it just unfold, you know, and see how that how that feels. There's the work that you're doing, right? And it 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 makes you happy, right? To do the work that you're doing, or you wouldn't like we're all doing this because we think it's good, the things that we do. And that's good for us. But the reason you're doing it is to serve others. And so I feel like when we, when it gets twisted and we're like, should I do this full-time or part-time? I don't like my job. Like those aren't things that have to do with serving others. And so for me, it's like, if you swing that mindset around to why do I want to facilitate Reiki and to whom, and why do I want to teach yoga and to whom, then it's like, I feel like that for me, that takes the weight off of what do I want in the situation? Cause like, if it's service-based, I feel like it's, does that make sense? Like it kind of shakes out and gets a little bit more clear, yeah. but if it's just about, I have a dream of being a full-time yoga teacher, that sounds like someone who's never been a full-time yoga teacher before. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's your dream. But what about the dreams of your students who you aim to teach? You know, do they need you to be a full-time yoga teacher? Do they need you to be, have your bills paid so that you can show up and be present and hold space for them? Like, that might be what your students need from you to teach once a week, you know, yeah. and not that one way is right or wrong, but just to have that, to take a look at both sides of that coin, I think is really yeah. special. And, you know, again, another point is, for example, in which quality you're going to be doing, like some people uh, want to like have uh, that administrative skills, very, very developed. And maybe they, they can open a studio. Uh, that's, for example, not my path. I remember when I moved from Puerto Rico, it's like, oh, maybe it would be nice to have a studio where I can teach and I can also facilitate Reiki. Uh, and then soon enough, I realized that that would not be good for me because that was gonna, that was gonna take administering that whatever place it is, it was gonna take away from, from me being able to teach. And what I like is to prepare material and teach have somebody at the table and listen and counsel and and if i had to spend time trying to you know to just you know, run a place and administrate and and find the, the finance financing part of it i realized it was not it's not my mm -hmm. my strength and that was going to definitely take uh, a lot of my energy so then i think i would have been a very good teacher, a good counselor, you know. Right. And, and I, so I, I came to that realization myself. At the same time, I do have colleagues that have that, you know, that have that administrative skills so developed, and I admire them for that. You know, they're just amazing uh, at doing it uh, that way. Not just uh, our strengths and weaknesses, but also what we're going through ourselves. Like I remember when I sold my studio, I if my personal life was okay, I could have kept the studio, but my personal life was needing to be burned down. And so I had to, I had to let the studio go and, you know, sold it to one of my teachers and it worked out. That was a whole other path the studio needed to take. But so it's, it has so much to do with your strengths, your weaknesses, your likes, your dislikes, your, what resonates with you. And also like, are you well, are you okay? Are you, are you okay to serve? And if not, you know, that might, impact your choices too so I feel like that's a whole other thing we could another can we can open up for another time but yes definitely yeah but definitely. I just want to thank you so much for this time and for all of your work all of your work that you've offered our community and and selfishly to me personally I'm so grateful and I'm just so grateful <laughs> oh, you're here thank you so thank much you. Shay I think this this is fantastic what you're doing uh, you know when you presented uh, this opportunity and you started telling me what you wanted to do uh, you know, I immediately I just got chills over because I realized that, that that we need to support each other. And like you said, you don't know who will be listening uh, to this podcast, but, you know, whether it's somebody that wants to become, uh, you know, a yoga teacher or facilitate some energy work somehow or, or has already done it and feels burnt out, uh, it just gives you a sense of resonance, right? And that we're supported. You know that we are we are never alone. So, <laughs> so I'm so glad that you are doing this and to create this platform. Thank you. Thank you so much. Conversations like this, absolutely. Okay.
Awesome. And I love you so much. Hey? I love you too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful or at least that it made you smile. If so, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it with somebody else. You can do so by sharing a screenshot of this podcast to your Instagram stories and then tag me at Body Mind Spirit Service. You can also visit our website. The link is in the bio. It's bodymindspiritservice.com. And in there, you're going to find a free community group where you can join and chime in with podcast questions or topic requests, as well as network with other people in your field. The website's also going to give you options to opt in for the blog updates and the email list so you can stay in the loop for trainings and other exciting things there. And if you're more into Facebook, we have a free community group there as well. So again, thank you so much for sharing your time with me and I hope to hear from you soon. You can send me a DM, say hi, let me hear it from you. Let me hear how I can be of service to you so that you can be of service to others. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be safe, peaceful, and at ease. And I will see you again soon.